Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour, a cold open with no intro music because we're going to jump right into things on today's entertainment news podcast with an American Idol recap from the last couple of nights. I'll play some of my favorite clips for you guys right here, right now. Plus, Love is Blind, breaking news. Jackie apologizes to Marshall. We'll get into that. Marshall also confirms Jackie's timeline, in fact, that she did not cheat. And we've got a little bit of a Love is Blind crossover with Bachelor. Are you ready to jump right into it let's go to a country legend on american idol his name's warren and this is him singing adele's song have a listen they're strong on my knees far too weak to stand in your arm without falling to your feet there's a side to you that i never knew never knew all the things you said True, never true, and the game you played, you would always win, always win. But I said, fire to rain, watch it pour as I touch it. Well, it come while I cried, cause I heard it screaming out your name, your name. I said, fire. That was Warren and his portrayal of Fire to the Rain by Adele and so much more to get into. Did I say that right? Is it Fire to the Rain? All right, I might have had that wrong. But either way, let's keep it going here. So many great musicians to get to. I'm going to save one of these for the end. I'm going to save Ian for the end here, but let's have a listen to another absolute beast. Moon and the stars are nothing without you Told me not to cry when you were gone but the feeling's overwhelming It's much too strong Can I lay by your side Next to you That was Emma Bussey. I think she's a, the waitress from Los Angeles there. Oh my gosh, so many good musicians to get to. I can't quite cover all of them, but we had a dropout from the top 26. Uh, we don't know why we lost one of our top 26 members. And Paige Ann was brought back for a second chance and she destroyed the place. Have a listen. I can't live running for my life. I will always she's 16, folks.
So that's Paige Ann, folks. Again, this, these are their live performances in Hawaii. I'm not going to play all of them right now. I'll just play one or two more. And then maybe at the end, if you guys uh, are still listening, we'll play the rest of them here. But uh, here we have the radio DJ from Nashville, Mary Beth Bird. This is an incredible cast of musicians they have here, too, guys. I mean, look, as much as I love to cover Bachelor Love is Blind, it's just like the talent that seeps through the pores of these musicians is just awe-inspiring. Have a listen. I got a heart like a truck It's been drug through the mud Runs on dreams and gasoline And that old highway holds a key And it's got a left foot down when it's sleeping Blood knows it's taking ahead wow. of the lead A little bit of love is all All right, that's Mary Beth Bird music, and she's crushing it absolutely. And by the way, I think I totally messed up the name of that song earlier. I'm not going to correct myself. Set Fire to the Rain by Adele. <laughs> what did I say? Did I call it Ring of Fire? I don't know. Either way, one of the best musicians that still doesn't know how good she is, the judges keep telling her, hey, just so you know, you're better than you think, is Megan Daniel, and she celebrates her 21st birthday with this performance. And if you don't love me you will never love me again I can still hear you say You would never, you would never break the chain You would never break the chain Yeah, running in the shadows Megan Daniel, right there, crushing it. Happy birthday to her. All right, we'll have a couple more performances. I'll save those for the end here, and let's jump into Love is Blind. As we know, there's really no Bachelor content this week. We are a Bachelor podcast, but we're really entertainment news and the parasocial connection we have. Well, we know that the reunion was Sunday night for Netflix's uh, Love is Blind. Marshall and Jackie obviously broke up, and uh, she was edited to look like she cheated on him with Josh. But it turns out the edit was wrong, and Marshall confirms that. We'll 
We'll play that clip in a second. But here's Jackie's apologies. She said, I would like to start this off by saying I sincerely apologize and take accountability for my actions and words in my relationship between Marshall and I. I also want to take the time to express my gratitude and appreciation for Marshall clearing up that I did, in fact, end the relationship before meeting Josh at the coffee shop. She goes on to apologize uh, for the words she said in the leaked text messages. You can go check out my full breaking news video of that on YouTube. But in the meantime, let's get to what Marshall said right after this quick break from our advertisers. There's been a lot of debate online. Um, I love Nick. He looks like a tired dad. (laughs) He looks like a tired dad that just got back from selling used cars. The sleeves are rolled up. He's like, honey, we need to go over the timeline. Uh, Goodbye, by Jackie. Because Jackie was all defensive up in her uh, posts or whatever she was putting it out there. She blamed editing on the timeline. And that, you know, in terms of letting the you coffee know, date the, didn't happen mm, when it did. Yeah. But then when she was ending things with but you, when she she's said ending that, with you, she made it very clear to you that she had met up with with Josh. Yeah. Um, I think looking back on it, I think she may have been recalling uh, meeting him at the um at the party. So what's interesting here is Nick's giving Marshall the chance to slam Jackie. He's given Nick, uh, Marshall the chance to call her out. And what we see here is with all the other issues, Marshall agrees with Jackie that no, that's not what happened. What you guys saw wasn't what happened, which I've been, I've been arguing with people and you know, I don't really dive into the comment section too much here and I'm not brushing dirt off my shoulder. I'm just saying sometimes it's easier to believe people than to think everybody's in a lie. Jackie says she had the, the receipts and the stamps to prove she didn't cheat on Marshall. You call her what you, you call it, call her whatever else you want. No, don't call her anything, but like, you know, you can be upset if you think there's other toxic traits happening here, but she says, I didn't cheat on Marshall. I broke up with him. And then I went to this and people go, well, well, but still, she's X, Y, and Z. Fine. But as a as a sort of a, the uh, litigator here of public opinion, we need to cross our I's and dot our T's, if you know what I mean. We need, I'm just kidding. But we need to be able to, like, give credit where it's due. If the edit was wrong, call out the edit. Although she had told me everything she that he said. very specifically, yeah. we met up. No, not- she, she said, I just saw Josh. And so I think what that meant was, It's like the Mandela effect. Even Nick and everybody's misremembering what actually went down because we thought we watched it and heard it all with our eyes. But it's like, come on, are we all smarter than the edit? No, you know, they they know what they're doing here. It was her first time seeing him in person. Okay. And so I I think that it is unfortunate. Why are you so defensive of Jackie? Your bias. Shut the hell up. That whatever (laughs) the internet is saying, it's it's like she's getting berated for it, but. You know, at the end of the day, they got to tell a story. And so sure. that made the most sense to put that there to, to kind of weaponize that against her. I don't I don't really remember. Does it make sense? Is, is that fair that they have to weaponize things against people? I thought this show was supposed to be sort of the highbrow, this is real love type of show. They don't need to pull off this smut stuff that other shows pull off. What that timeline was. I okay. have my own theories, but... What are your theories? I mean, my theory was is that they... Uh, Chelsea's party was on a Wednesday. The tux fitting and the uh, dress shopping was on a Friday. And I had a theory that they met that Thursday because we were supposed to... I don't know. And maybe they didn't. Who, know, who knows? You know what I mean? If we, if we can't prove it, who knows? Maybe they met. Maybe they didn't. Either way, clearly the, the relationship was over. Clearly it was over. It was ended. It was dead as a doornail. He says, yes, ma'am. I still have it. 
and I don't remember. I'd That's weird. Now we're going to talk to the toxic traits. Shit out. Yeah. How does Joshy Poo feel about that? I don't know, but she was clutching onto his arm real tight. Yeah. Hmm. They're, they're in love. I'm happy for him. You don't have to be happy for him. No, I am. Genuinely, I'm... I'm Nick's giving Marshall every chance to stoop to a level, hey, that'll be good for his podcast. Hey, Nick's got to pay his bills here. So he's like, all right, you don't have to be happy for him. Marshall says, no, I am. Look, clearly, it's been a year. They filmed this a year ago. Let them be happy. Maybe they've learned a lot. Maybe they're great people. Maybe they're going to be philanthropic and give back. You know, unless somebody's been publicly shamed or had some sort of moment, it's so hard for people to have grace for these situations, for these for these flipping humans that exist out there. I think Marshall does a fantastic job on this interview, sharing his truth without coming off as overtly bitter. I'm sure I'm sure he still feels a lot of feelings about it, but I think he did a great job. As far as this uh, topography outfit he's wearing, no, I'm kidding. It looks good. Don't let me, don't take style advice from me. I'm wearing an old hat and a gym shirt. I'm happy for them. Genuinely. Well, good for you. Yeah. Nice of you. What, what do you, why? Because I've moved on. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just the type of guy that I am. I don't hold grudges. I don't, like if you cross me, Okay. I always say never trust somebody who tells you what type of guy they are, but I, I think Marshall's pretty sincere. And speaking of sincerity, we have an amazing story to bring to you from Zach Goitowski. Am I pronouncing that right, Zach? Uh, is that Polish? What is that? Either way, Zach teased on the live reunion that he was going to be dropping some receipts. And rather than serve us a bunch of drama, he gives us the most epic and heartwarming story of love ever. Have a listen. The receipts. If there's anything you remember about me, this is what I hope you remember. I believe all life is redeemable, and the one thing we all need is grace. Warning, the following story discusses the topic of mental illness and suicide. I already know on this Transformational Tuesday that I'm going to have a hard time reading this. I get emotional reading these things, you know what I mean? Just because we are so guilty of judging people on their face value, who they are, how they present themselves to us, and we don't get to see their journey that led them to that point. Zach, from all accounts, it seems has led a pretty incredible life to get him to the perspective he has now. You know, I was having a conversation recently with a family member about my deceased father, who was a Vietnam vet, and he was absentee, and we weren't raised by him and didn't know much about him. Uh, but it was very easy. It's easy to just be mad at him for the way he was or the or everything he lacked. But it really takes that extra level of um, critical thinking or love to wonder how abandoned he was in his time of need. And, you know, being, being a veteran of a war that, you know, people were, um, you know, not approving of and, you know, that, that whole thing, you know what I mean? So it really like we can have grace. Oh, it's easy to have grace for someone like, you know, that that's a fan favorite. But can we really operate with those same that same muscle with someone we truly didn't like from the show you know some people can some people can't so here's what Zach had to say my senior year in high school I was filled with anger and rage my mother's mental illness and addiction were out of control sometimes I would come home and my entire room would be destroyed walls smashed with a hammer clothes thrown about after my mother had gone into a manic state as a teenager, I would do anything to avoid going home. And as soon as I got home, I would lock myself in my room. Sometimes my mother would disappear for days and I wouldn't know where she or my sister were. By the time I got to high school, I lost track of how many schools and how many different homes I had lived in. There was no stability. Every time I made a friend, I'd have to move on and say goodbye. 
I didn't understand mental illness. I didn't understand addiction. I was angry. Angry that I had to say goodbye to so many friends. Angry that I couldn't bring my friends over. Angry for all the times I had to sit there at night listening to my mother fight with her boyfriends, fight with my stepdad. Angry about all the times I had to watch the cops come to our house. Angry about the nights where my mother would threaten to kill herself and having to lay at home not knowing if the next day I wouldn't have a mother. The night my mother dedicated the song I Hope You Dance to me, we had a huge argument. She was not mentally well. Drove her car and parked it in the front yard. Then she came in our home and began screaming at my friends. I left and she threatened to kill herself if I didn't come back. So I did. That's when she dedicated this song that would be the first dance at my wedding. One day during my senior year, a girl in my government class invited me to go to a youth group at her church. It was a bit of a bait and switch. I had no idea a sermon was involved. I really just came to play some rock band and hang out with other kids my age, but I kept going because I felt a sense of belonging. And it was the pastor that led the youth group who told me a story about a man who sacrificed everything so that others could be forgiven. That story made me realize what it means to give grace. The idea that a parent would take on the punishment that their ch child deserved, not because it was just, but out of love, changed something inside of me. It was in that moment that I chose to forgive my mother. Truly forgive her, and that choice changed my life. Fast forward three years, I'm entering my junior year in college. My mother had been committed several times and lost custody of my little sister. It was the end of the summer, and I had just left Portland volunteering at a homeless shelter. I spent my uh, time there not handing out food, but listening to the stories of men and women who were at rock bottom. And it was in listening to their stories that I realized something that shook me to my core. I heard the story of a woman who was abandoned by her family and thrown out on the street, sexually assaulted several times, and then killed herself by jumping off a bridge. I heard the story of a father addicted to drugs who lost his job and was living on the streets of Portland. I asked him if his children knew how he was doing. He told me that he lied to them and didn't let them know. And that's when the light bulb went off. I hadn't seen my mother in almost six months. Every time I tried to meet with her, she would make up an excuse and avoid me. It was in that moment that I realized that my mother was homeless and she was hiding from me because she didn't want me to see how bad she had gotten. I remember driving back home and crying, looking down at the ground for a second and praying to God that I would get to see my mother. She hadn't answered my phone calls for over a week. And shortly after I said that prayer, I looked down on my phone to see a missed call from her. I picked up the phone and called her. When she finally answered, I told her that I wanted to see her the next day. With that, I drove across the state of Washington, Washington to a little town in the middle of nowhere. When I arrived, I got another call from my mother. She said she was feeling sick and couldn't make it. I told her I didn't care how sick she was. She needed to come see me, and she did. When I saw her, her face was gaunt. She looked like she hadn't eaten or slept in weeks. I sat down with my mother that day. I hugged her, and I told her I forgave her for everything. She had still not forgiven herself. She was living at the time in a storage unit using a space heater at night to keep warm. She was at rock bottom, and she didn't want me to know. I prayed with her that day. I prayed that she would overcome her addiction. I prayed she would be able to overcome her mental illness. And I told her how much I loved her. And it was after that day that everything changed. My mother, miraculously, after decades of being unable to work, decades struggling with addiction and mental illness, she recovered. She finally got clean after relapse and relapse. After being committed numerous times, they finally got her medication stabilized. She got better with the support of my grandmother and my aunts. They never gave up on her, never stopped believing in her. She spent the rest of her life serving the mentally and physically disabled, and it was after that moment my sister and I finally got to have a few normal Christmases together. They were the happiest moments of my life. They are moments that I never would have gotten if I held on to the pain of the past and chosen not to forgive. Grace isn't fair, but if we choose to give it every day, we make the world a better place for everyone. When I was going through my mother's things after she died, I found a small note. It was dated shortly after the day 
I sat down with her in that small town in the middle of nowhere. It said somehow she found a little hope in her hopelessness. We all can be someone's hope in the hopelessness. And then there are the receipts. Pretty powerful stuff, huh, folks? So I understand other people on the show have shared their receipts, kind of vindicating themselves or proving that the edit was wrong or sharing their side. And I understand why people need to share the receipts because as an audience, we're wildly judgmental. Prove something to me or I will believe otherwise. And to see Zach use the idea of receipts, the idea of sensationalized, clickbaity, um, drama, uh, the parasocial relationship of what we watch on the show with the citations of what actually went down to use that to bring an audience into his story. That's impressive stuff. Share some grace, folks, especially when you really don't think you have any to share. It's in there. And let's continue to cleanse the palate with some more American Idol to play you guys out on. Here are some more of my favorite performances from the live, or they weren't live, they were recorded live, performances in front of a live audience in Hawaii. Here's Colin Stowe. He says, I love my mom at the end. Good for Colin. There he is, folks. And a queen from the country of Georgia. Her name is Nutsa, I believe. And boy, she's already got a huge following, I guess, abroad, internationally. But she's taking our country by storm. Have a listen. I would say 
that's Nutsa from Georgia, the country of Georgia, not the state. And she's probably going to get some negative comments from the <laughs> evangelical South because it was a quite a provocative performance. But I absolutely loved it. Come to the United States and steal American Idol. The most American thing you can do here is compete in our singing competition and win it and uh she's she's definitely on course for a top 10 finish absolutely well let's do this let's wrap it up with one of my favorites his name's Iam. he's originally from hawaii although i do believe he moved to pacific northwest i think he was like priced out of hawaii as unfortunately a lot of people are but he is returning uh and he performed the headlining set of american idol on sunday night and it's his Hawaiian Homecoming. I'm going to play you guys out to this song here by Iam. He's on Instagram at WTongy. And uh, boy, if this doesn't give you goosebumps, you need to check your pulse, folks. Well, that's going to be it for me. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Don't ever have to cry. So I've been tears from your eyes. I just love it. As long as you're by my side, you won't shed no tears. Cause everything will be just fine. As long as you don't let go. Don't let go. This is your winner, folks. Everything will be just fine As long as you stay by my side Don't let go Yes, you stay by my side